Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. Hold on one second. I'm just digging this up. Let me just. Oh, oh, sorry. Hold on one second, guys. I'm so I got, glad a guest isn't here to be I got embarrassed my shovel. by this. I'm just trying to uh, pack this dirt. Unpack this dirt. What? What is this? This is the. Hold on one second. Look at this. Let me blow the dust off this. This is the the buried secret of podcasting. Interesting. I was going to go with the buried podcast, but okay. The buried podcast of. <laughs> Of Griffin and David. Of Griffin and David. There we David. go. The buried podcast of Griffin and David. Hey, folks, here's a twist for you. I'm Griffin. I'm David. This is Blank Check. Yes. It's a podcast about directors. Yes. And this is the final bonus episode of our most recent series. We got to say goodbye to a dear old friend. Yeah. His name is Minaj Shyamalan. He wears a necklace. It's got a Sanskrit poem, a prayer. That in protects it. him from evil things. He's never opened it. But he goes by a different name. He does, yeah. He's sort of the producer band of you film directors. You guessed who he is <laughs> by the fact that his name is Manoj Shyamalan. Yeah. Of course, we are talking about James Cameron. <laughs> uh, M. Night Shyamalan is the name. Uh, we are talking about Jane Campion. No, uh, yeah, yeah, Manoj, M. Night Shyamalan, yes. Uh, Pod Night Shamacast is the game that we're playing. Yep, and but this, it's the end of the game. It's the final round. And uh, Bottom we, of the ninth. Our last episode, the visit episode, we didn't get enough time to, like, you know, kind of look back, you know? Yeah, and we recorded that, stock. like, three weeks ago. Yeah, we did. It was back-to-back episodes. When we finished that, we were like, I fucking, I'm, I'm burnt, you know, because we had watched we a lot really of tough movies. We were really sick of M. Night. We were really sick of M. Night. Uh, but luckily, we were ahead of schedule, mm-hmm. which was really lucky because then we hadn't had then you any sucked time. for I sucked. weeks. I sucked. I, I've been an asshole no, no, with a career for the last couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, you've had a career. It's been garbage. I fucking hate it. Uh, it's awful. No worries. I'm going to retire. Oh, you should. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're back in the studio now. We had some time to breathe, mm-hmm. let it air out. And, and we um, just we need final thoughts on this guy. We did. And so we're hanging those final thoughts around a very loose framework. Uh, around one of the most uh, dog shit pieces of entertainment I've ever uh, had to had to experience. I think even calling it entertainment's generous. Yeah, one of the worst assembly assemblages of like shots and sound and pictures. I don't know how you, you couldn't call it a film exactly. I, I try not to use this term non-ironically because it makes my my skin yeah. crawl. We're not just a bad movies podcast. Yeah. No. 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 We do good movies. Yep. We're going to do some good movies. We're doing two back-to-back bad movies this weekend, but I mean, we're, when yes. we're recording, by the way. Yes. But uh, our next our next miniseries- It's going to be a lot of movies we like, okay? We defend the ones that okay. people don't yeah. like. Exactly. Yeah. We might each pick one film we don't like, but uh, that's probably at most. Do you like all of them? I like them all. I maybe dislike one, but-, it, but Which one? I don't know. We got to rewatch. We got to see. A lot of them I haven't seen in a while. I'm saying there might be one I dislike. I don't know yet. <laughs> it's The Matrix, isn't it? Um, that would be funny if that was the one you picked. The Matrix the is so stupid. <laughs> Fuck The Matrix. Anyway, um, uh, we're talking about M. Night Shyamalan, and we are talking about- well, what I was going to say is I try not to use this term non-ironically. Oh, yeah, what's the, what's the term? 
this is just a piece of content. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. To call it entertainment it's a piece of it. implies Hashtag that it can entertain. Content. This yes. is content. It exists. Yeah. It exists. It it ate up three hours of airtime <laughs> in 2004 on the Sci-Fi Channel. It's currently eating up bandwidth on YouTube. <laughs> like probably just a yeah. very small amount yeah. of bandwidth. I, uh, spread over 13 parts on YouTube if you want to experience it. I, I bought the the DVD and I can tell you. Did you? Yeah, it's full of data. You <laughs> maniac! You bought the DVD. Yeah. Did you watch it on DVD? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I watched it on YouTube. It's yeah. on YouTube, guys. What we're talking about- DVD picture quality was great, by Is the, way. the second film by Oscar-nominated documentary filmmaker Nathaniel Kahn. Nathaniel Kahn. His second film. His first film was called My Architect. It's pretty good. I liked it. Good movie. Nominated. I haven't seen it in, like, you know, yeah, I saw it when 13 it came out. years I saw, or whatever. Right. But it was about his father it was, about was his father. It was a architect. personal journey. Uh, through the life of his, yeah, his dad. His father died when he was young. He never had much of a relationship with him, and it's him trying to come to understand now as an adult his father through his work. So he travels around to see the things his father yeah, constructed. Yeah, right. It's called My Architect. We're not discussing that. Film. Absolutely not discussing We're it. We're not going to discuss it. Now, it here, lost to, I don't know, can you guess? Uh, 2000, I, was that the Bowling Cup for Columbine year, maybe? 2003? Mm, that sounds possible. Or would the Bowling Cup come out in 2002? Two or two thousand three, but they, we were at war. Uh, remember, because he gave the no. It was the fog of war. Oh, one of the greatest documentaries ever made. It's a phenomenal film. Uh, one best documentary, but he he was nominated, and yes, then after he that, he made he made a movie for the Sci Fi Channel. Yeah, not Sifi as it is now known. No. The Sci Fi Channel. Sci Fi. Remember when fucking Sci Fi Channel rocked and like their logo was like the planet Saturn. It was great. S C I F. There's a hyphen in there. C-H-A-N-N-E-L. The film is The Buried Secret of M. Night Shyamalan. Now, do you know this, David, that after this piece of content, Mm -hmm. Nathaniel Kahn made a documentary short. He did. That was- Two Hands. Also nominated for an Oscar. He's he's been nominated for two Academy Awards. But an Oscar sandwich. He got two Oscar-nominated projects on either side of this piece of work. Good for him. So- Backstory. The year is 2003. Sure. M. Night Shyamalan is deep. He's shooting my favorite movie of his. Deep in production on The Village. Correct. Uh, he is starting to really He's get into- He's in Chester County, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Shooting this thing. They cleared out some farmland- and he's getting really into building this mythology. We could have done a bit where we just pretended that this was a real documentary, but that probably wouldn't have been funny, right? I was just thinking about it. But doesn't uh, yeah. Doesn't matter. Go ahead. Yeah. He's, uh, he's deep in the village. I yeah. just also thought it would have been funny if we recorded our episode of The Village and pretended that it was 1872. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout the whole episode. What is this device in front of me, <laughs> yeah, brother? Yeah. No, yeah. okay. I don't remember how they yeah. talk in that movie. Yeah. Um, he's shooting The Village. He's shooting The Village, and he, he gets into this idea. So he goes to Sci-Fi Channel, and he's like, what if we... Made a documentary. Do you think he went straight to the Sci-Fi Channel, or do you think he went to like NBC and NBC was like, "Get the fuck out of here"? I think. I think first he went to the U.S. Government Department of Arts and Letters. <laughs> he went to Errol Morris. Right. He went. He took them all down. You know, he yeah. went to every. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah. Every major documentary. I will say though, Nathaniel Combs a Philly boy, so I think he might have been Nathaniel high Con up. Nathaniel is from Philadelphia. He'd done some good work, and he was a Philly boy. Um, so yeah, no. Shyamalan's making the village. He goes to the Seafy Channel. Yeah, uh, and he says, "You're going to make a documentary about the, making the village." Yeah, right, right. But let's do it Blair Witch style. 
let's pretend that I don't want you to make this documentary. Let's fake it up. Yeah, yeah it's kind of a mix of the Blair Witch Project and I, I don't like, you know, like that documentary about Metallica. Yeah, something. some kind of monster. <laughs> some kind of monster. It's like it's like a found footage horror movie and also about a really annoying like artist. Yes. Who is like a total pain in the ass. But the, but the levels of uh, narcissism and self-indulgence here are... This hey, is why we have to discuss it. I want you to make a documentary about people who are so eager to find out everything about me, but I'm going to pretend like I didn't want you to make this. Correct. Um, and, and publicly play that charade. Um, let's first discuss, I want to just briefly, before we get to the content, uh-huh. this was pitched, yes, you know, and advertised as like, oh, it's the movie he, you know, doesn't want you to see. It's yeah. about M. Night Shyamalan's buried secrets, all of the secrets. Yeah. And they convinced the Associated Press, who is a, which is a, a national journalistic organization uh-huh. that, that, you know, they, they pitched them this and AP, you know, bit and they said like, oh, Shyamalan was furious when they made this movie and he like walked out of filming or whatever, you know. And then before this thing even aired on the Sci-Fi Channel, the Sci-Fi Channel and NBC, I think, who owned them at the time, had to publicly apologize for uh, fooling the press. Yes. And uh, so the, 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 the secret was blown before this thing even aired. Yeah, and they, because well, it was getting written up it, like in the papers and stuff. And then I remember in page six, them having an item that was like spoken to people, you know, close to production. Mm. And I'm hearing that M. Night was very involved with the film the entire time. Right. I was a producer on it, this and that. Yeah. Like someone else broke the story and NBC Universal had to be like cards on the table. It's or, just funny that it didn't even get to air no, once and no. do its dumb little joke. Right. Before NBC was like, oh, we're really sorry we made this thing. Which also means that by the time it aired, absolutely no one wanted to watch it. Did anyone watch it? No. It, it I think, got a, abysmal ratings. But before we get into it, there's something I have to say. Yep. What very, very happy to have sitting with us oh! at the table again. In the studio at the table. Yeah, yeah. He's been switching back and forth. He's here. He's there. In a box with a fox. What's he? What's his name? His name's producer Brown. Great. Hey guys. Hey. Always happy to be in the room with you. A.K. producer Ben. A.K. the Ben Deucer. Yeah. A.K. the Poet Laureate. A.K. Yeah. the Haas. A.K. Mr. Positive. A.K. Hello Fennel. A.K. Birthday Benny. A.K. the Tiebreaker. A.K. the Peeper. A.K. Mr. Positive. Uh, he's not Professor Crispy. You tried. Dare. You tried to give him a new one in the last. The Fuckmaster. <laughs> I've actually had a few people tell me they like the Fuckmaster. Really? He's yeah. the Fuckmaster. Then it's in there. It's in there. Now we. Coined a name, a, a sort of ceremonial name, when we were shedding our, our Star Wars wings, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Producer Ben Kenobi. Mm-hmm. And then as The Force Awakens came out, you know, that was really Kylo sort ben. of about Kylo Ben. I, I feel that we need to, you know, add a name for each miniseries we do. Oh, Not the you want to give him a Shyamalan name. <laughs> Ben Knight Shyamalan. <laughs> <laughs> so obvious, really. How did we not think of that? Yeah. So, um, Ben, you've graduated. Ben, you're here. Ben Knight. You've graduated from the Pod Knight Shyamacast miniseries, and you walk out of it with another another title on your chest. Wow. Ben Knight Shyamalan. Wow. How are you doing today? I'm doing fucking fantastic. <laughs> We're done with this shit. Yep. yep. No more Shyamalan. We're done with this shit. <laughs> the thing with Shyamalan, I think we talked about it in this episode. It's like it's like you're like, oh, fun movies, interesting, great, yeah. and then you just hit a wall, and it's just garbage. Oof. Like there's no, no, 
Ugh. like preparation and then it you don't pull out of it. I mean, the visit I guess is good, but you know like yeah, it's, it's weeks of nonsense. And it's a bummer. It's like it's hard when we had like a couple of years in between each of those movies and you were like, I don't know, maybe he's going to pull it out. Yeah. But like right, watching right, them right. and knowing like oh, 5 days I have to watch that, you know, like mm-hmm. knowing what's coming up next. Uh we got a very nice write up from uh, Pace Magazine. Thank you Pace Magazine. Uh I don't I I don't know why they decided to do that, but it was so a writer I'd never heard of. I like saw the piece and I was like, oh, it must be someone who like we know who like follows us on Twitter who wrote it up. It was someone mm-hmm. I'd never heard of before. Right. Um, and I'm forgetting his name now, but thank you for writing us up. But they said like they, they were reviewing our episode on the visit. Yeah. And they were saying it was nice and kind of emotional to hear the uplift in our voice that we were like ending on a note, a promise that we it's felt nice. like we were being saved from it's this nice. thing. It's nice. So then we decided to do an episode about the buried secret of M. Night Shyamalan. We're just burying ourselves now, he back under He didn't make it. We he should, didn't make it. He didn't direct it. Right. He did. was involved, clearly. We he didn't got... necessarily feed everyone lines when talking about him. Yeah. No. Yeah. I swear to God. We got a lot of like, so we've gotten a lot of questions, like people being like, aren't you going to cover Devil? Didn't he direct that? No, he produced that. He produced it, and, and I believe he wrote the story. Yeah, yeah. there was a shingle he was going to start up called uh, The Night Chronicles, and Universal was going to release low-budget films that were his ideas, and that was the only one that happened. Wayward Pines, I believe he only directed the pilot. That's correct. I mean, there's some, th- there are some things like this that people ask, about, oh, are you going to cover Stuart Little? No, he's one of two credit screenwriters. We're not going to cover I think he, he enjoyed Little. writing Stuart Little, and that's the end of that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he was a ghostwriter, uh, no pun intended, Oh, on She's All That. Are we going to cover that? No, we're not going to cover We could be here all day. You know, we're not. But Buried Secret, we wanted to do one final thing. Mm-hmm. Just and, to think about him. And this is, you know, I, I think this film... Uh, he did not direct it, but it was his brainchild. He willed into existence. The only reason it was made was because he convinced other people it was worth making. Sure. And it is. And it was coming, like we said, you know, it's coming out of Blair Witchy, you know, that yeah. was still hot, you know, the sort of mockumentary horror movie. I also think doing this right after The Visit is fascinating because The Visit is also a fake documentary. It's true. Albeit a infinitely more Most successful. Most found footage movies are not fake documentaries. That's yes. the thing. It's a slightly different genre, whereas The Visit is a fake documentary. It's, a fake it's documentary. been cut together. It's not a found footage Same film. thing with Blair Witch. You know, there and same are... thing with this. This is a film that, that is ostensibly- It's not a horror movie, this no. film. It is a nothing movie. No. Okay, here's the other thing we need to talk about before we get into the film. Uh, you're, you're in it. I'm not in this movie. No. Okay, so I had not seen it before tonight and then the, this morning I watched it. You the are- According to IMDb, you are 13th in appearance. Ooh, 13. As teenage fan. Might be a sign. <laughs> um, okay, so th- this, we, need to, we need to discuss all of this, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I said... I'm so excited. I said somewhat erroneously in the uh, our last Airbender episode. Yeah, you said that you're sort of biking around in the background, basically, of, of a scene. Yeah, but I also said that uh, Last Airbender was the first movie I auditioned for, which is obviously not true because this was filmed before that, right? Yeah. So I uh, started doing stand-up when I was 10 years old because I'm a broken human being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I did that for a couple years, and I, I, got, I got some attention. You were a little the stand-up tyke. I was a little tyke. You were like Lights Camera Jackson, but with I was like Lights Camera Jackson. I only did political humor, so it was like a weird. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Have we ever talked about this? No. My dad really liked politics, and the only way I could make my dad laugh was if I made jokes about politicians. So I like got really good at making jokes about politicians around the house. I wasn't talking about like fucking policy. I understand. I was like, like, oh, Catherine Harris wears too much makeup, or like, you know. I know, I get you. Yeah, whatever whatever the latest scandal was. I was really good on political scandals, right? 
So then I, when I started doing stand-up, I was like, I'm going to do stuff that makes my dad laugh. Yeah. And then people were like, what the fuck <laughs> is this robot child doing here? <laughs> so you really were Lights, Camera, Jackson. Though. I was. I was like uh, four foot negative 12 inches <laughs> tall. And I, my t-shirt was down to my knees because no clothes fit me. And I wore a backwards hat all the time. And I had like a helium voice. And I did like all political humor. And it got it got some it got some attention, right? Okay, and so you're saying you got cast off of this? No, I'm saying I started auditioning. M Night was in the audience. You didn't open mic in Philly. What's the what's the Philly like venue? Oh, so funny bone. Oh, helium. Yeah, the yeah. Yeah, helium. 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 Fuck, you nailed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I my parents very much didn't want me to uh, uh become an actor at all. Sure. Yeah, they were um, smart. And, and especially didn't want me to be like a stage kid. And I was like, at the age of four, like, I want to be in movies. And they were like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started doing the stand-up thing, and then I got attention from that. And my mother uh, was... Uh, what did and, your parents want you to do? I don't know. I, I just think... Uh, they weren't guiding you towards, like, being a lawyer. No, they, there never seemed to be any guidance. Um, they, uh, I think they actually... Uh, a writer, maybe. But outside of the entertainment no, industry, okay, maybe sure, you know, sure. maybe like a playwright would would have been their ideal. I'm just looking at Lights Camera Jackson's Twitter feed right now. I got to be honest. Any good stuff? Well, he brought the boss to a screening of the boss. By the way, the boss is uh, his mother. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, he wished Patty Arquette a happy birthday. Did he call her Patty, or are we he, calling her? Patty? She is at Patty Arquette on Twitter. Oh, that's so. cool. Uh, and he said, "Have a medium-sized celebration," which I believe is a re- reference to her canceled TV show Medium. Yeah. Uh, Lights Cameron Jackson has blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> I forgot about it. Um, and I hate it because I, I, I like looking at his tweets and I can only see them now when other people retweet them. I need to like... Oh, he went to visit SUNY Purchase because uh, oh. t- it's time to start seriously thinking about college. Then he posted a picture of himself by a clock. Have we talked about trying to get him on, as a guest on this show? Yeah, I don't want to do that. You don't want to do that? <laughs> We've talked about it. I'd love to do it. Yeah, I know. Um... My my mother uh, was an actress. Uh, she retired when I was born. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uh, so she really wanted to be in the film industry. Yeah, and sort of couldn't pull it off. No, right? no, we I understand, right? And right. my uh, father uh, ended up working in the film industry by accident and hated it. Yeah, and now is a teacher and like teaches students how to not make all the mistakes he made in his life. Right, and he finds that cathartic. Yeah, but I had two parents, like one who wanted to be in the industry. And was miserable because she couldn't hit what she wanted to hit. Yeah. And one who didn't want to be in it and was miserable because he hated being in it. Yeah. And so both my parents were like, don't do this. But you did it. I did it, of course, because they told me not to do it. It's the same reason I don't speak French. It's because my mom wanted me to speak French. When I was doing stand-up, started like putting me up for audition. Mm-hmm. And so I was very sporadically throughout my adolescence auditioning for stuff and not mm-hmm. getting jobs. No, right? I get you. But I was very sporadically uh, doing that. And this, uh, the Buried Secret of M. Night Shyamalan was the one job I ever got. Anyway, um, and then when I went off to college, I sort of had this realization that I wanted to be acting, and I dropped out, and I right, started- and you made Beware the Gonzo. Doing it seriously. Yeah. Right. I made Beware the Gonzo, and the rest is history. Yeah. Um, Wait, you were in four episodes of Gravity? Yeah. Wow. How was that? I shot four episodes worth of scenes in an hour and a half. Wow, Mike Binder. Well, not Mike Binder. It's the other one. Oh, it's the other guy. It's the <laughs> other guy I can't stand who seems to make an incredible amount of things. It's not Mike Binder. It's the You're other right. one. But the you know exactly what I meant when I said the other one. Eric, Eric Schaefer. Eric Schaefer, oh yes. Um, this is a nice walk down memory lane. I Me remember- and Pilot were just talking about gravity. 
uh, on Twitter for our past guest, Pilot Virowit, about yeah, how yeah. it was arguably the worst television show ever created. No uh, offense. Ma- no, many, many thoughts, so. <laughs> Pilot uh, cover Gravity or review ga- Gravity for AV Club? I don't believe so. Because I distinctly I remember the AV Club review, which the opening sentence was, Gravity, easily the worst television series of the year. It was so bad. Yeah, I played a gay computer hacker who, who joked about... Kristen Ritter. And uh, Stacy's mom was on it. What's her name? Pretty hard to find Stacy's mom from, yeah. from this Mountain Wayne song. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel Hunter? Is yes. that her name? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to find uh, the AV Club's Gravity Review because there's also reviews of the great cartoon series Gravity Falls. Uh, so yeah. I, I'm not going to find it. The Last Airbender was like the first thing I auditioned for when I was like, I'm oh, yeah, trying to be an that. actor. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. But, but and up until you're okay to talk about this though, right? We're not like, no, you're you're okay with it? Because if if you have a problem with this, you know, we could we could <laughs> we could stop right now. I just want to make sure you're good. Ben is functioning as my PR person for this episode. Griffin, if you don't want to talk I, about this, I, no, I'm comfortable talking about it. Will you just shoo that crow out of the studio? I will. You Thank guys you. shouldn't watch. This because yeah. it's very long and very bad. Oh, but, but I will yeah. say, if you do watch it, you will understand the handful of references we make to yeah, it in this episode. Definitely. <laughs> okay, so so here's here's the end of my oh, right, right. involvement and connection to yeah, this. You're thing. cast in this thing as right? teenage fan. Right. The casting director, Doug Abel, who I've referenced in previous episodes, uh was one of the guys who would call me into audition for stuff. Yeah. And I was a big M. Night Shyamalan fan. Yeah. And they called me into audition for this stuff, and they were like, it's a top secret project. It's an M. Night Shyamalan thing. We need improvisers. Mm-hmm. Did you sign a non-disclosure agreement? Yes. yes. So this is the first time I've ever talked about this. Breach of contract, actually? I didn't even yeah, probably. Well, say, except everyone talked about just it. Just say allegedly. Contract. Allegedly. Allegedly. Boom! Allegedly, I auditioned for this, right? <laughs> and right. they were like... Let's wrap this story They up. were My like, God. no, you're <laughs> still auditioning for it. Fucking hell. No, in the audition, they just said like, okay, so just yeah, talk to me about it. what do you like about M. Night Shyamalan's movies and just sort of imply that you think that there's some bigger phenomenon going on, but uh-huh. don't say what it is. Uh-huh. And it was him interviewing like, me. Like the film phenomenon. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then I got the part. I was really excited. Mm-hmm. Got to miss school for a day. Which is cool. My freshman year of high school, right? Got two scenes. So if you've watched this film, I, I shot two scenes. I went home. I was back at school the next day. Yeah, I took the train in and out of Philly. The iconic Philly train station from Unbreakable. Yeah, absolutely. I was waiting there, right? Um, I thought I had been completely cut out of the fun. And you were right. Because uh, I thought... The role had been cut out. Yeah, yeah, I understand you. Then the reviews started coming out. And they all said, Griffin Newman ruins the film. So I was like, I guess they recast it. Right. But I might be in there, like... In there somewhere. In in a group thing, you, you know? Didn't, like, you didn't care, worry enough to actually watch the fucking I never thing. wanted to watch no. it, but I thought I was... So here's where my role would have been. There's a scene in the film... Pretty early on. Should we start from the beginning of the movie? Okay, so the yeah, movie okay. is about Nathaniel Kahn being contracted to make a run-of-the-mill documentary. Although we do begin, I suppose, in media's res. Yeah, we have to say. Where he's, like, he's been checked out. It's of- a panning shot of an empty hotel room, right? That's perfectly made. I won't dignify this. You don't see any people on screen. And he's like angrily on And you the hear phone. his voice and he's like, we did not, my party has not checked out. What is happening here? My computer's gone? As so if it's like a stunning occurrence. Anyway. Usually when things start in okay. media res, right. the All idea right. is you go, how did you get to this point? How could this have happened? And then you have to back up to show what happened. And I'm so like, he's making a movie about M. Night Shyamalan making The Village. 
He's been contracted to make like a making of, essentially. Right. At one point, Adrian Brody is like, well, if this was an EPK, which is an electronic press kit for you guys. Right. You know, which is like DVD extras. And that's like the production itself is filming that stuff. Exactly. Then you're allowed to to like, you can be candid and say like, oh, it's crazy. I'm Adrian Brody and it's crazy when I stab Joaquin Phoenix. So I guess the reality of this film is that the Sci-Fi Channel came to him, said M. Night Shyamalan's making a new movie. We want to independently make a film behind the scenes of his film. So we're going to try to get you clearance as if you are a press person. Produce an hour and a half. Two hours. Well, I'm saying maybe at the time they thought it was going to Oh, within the reality of this within the reality fucking, movie. fucking fictional movie. Yeah, right, but I think so, that, that's yeah, the no, idea. Whatever, whatever. But that so, has never happened think, in the history of the no, world. There's an stupid. unauthorized feature-length documentary. No, but it is authorized. I'm saying authorized, non-authorized. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't. Uh, yeah. So he, he, You don't have to answer that question, Griffin, if you don't want to. I appreciate he that. He goes Thank to you. the set of the village. Yeah. It's the real set. You know, yeah. things happening. Yeah. Yeah, Knight's like really intense and like don't get in his eye line when he's directing and he doesn't want to interview on camera right now, but you can go meet him. Yeah. And he like goes to meet him and like there's weird electronic interference. And it says like, like it's like, like super title, like audio cut out, audio, audio malfunctions. Audio malfunctions the first time this happened several times, you know. And you just hear M. Knight go like, it's a lot. So it's like the movie is trying to present him as this like reclusive. Yeah crazy person right and so they go to his house which is an objectively creepy thing to do so early in the movie right. to go outside his gated mansion in the pencil the philadelphia su- right. suburbs standing outside this house teenagers wearing hoodies and nathaniel Conn is like oh well you know they're probably just hanging out they like want an autograph for when has that ever happened right when does that ever happen absolutely who's the most famous director that's yeah. never happened once to them in their entire life like the only people who will wait outside a gate like that are people whose wires are so crossed that they believe, like, Leo's going to see me and fall in love with me. Yeah, of course. Right. You know? Right, right. I mean, you're supposed to believe that, that there are a bunch of teenagers day. because they love M. Night Shyamalan and the mysterious supernatural origins of his directing powers. But, the, but once again- That's literally what they say. I just want to restate the implications that they are there frequently. Yeah, all the time. And they're just like, you don't know? Like, as if it is commonly known knowledge that M. Night Shyamalan can commune with the spirit world. Right? Yeah. That this he's is the in, scene you were supposed to be in. touch with another dimension. So I was supposed to be one of these kids. I was riding a bicycle. I was quiet. I was wearing a hoodie, right? Yeah, sure. sure. Uh, I'm not visible at all in this film. Mm. This scene was totally reshot. I think it was even like a different location that sure, looked like. Sure, sure. Um, but Wait, you're saying you weren't actually at M. Night's house? Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that's the point. I didn't really want to be an actor at this point. I was like, I don't know. You want to pay me to miss school? I'll do it. Sure. Like, I, I at this point also had stopped doing stand-up. Like, I had retired at the age of 13. You know, the Bush era was getting you down. Is that what it was? Yeah, I was just in my angsty teenage phase. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And, uh, yeah, I just would, like, occasionally go on audition because I was like, well, it'd be cool if I got paid money to miss school. Like, that was my thing. Sure. And then a couple years later, I was like, oh, I really want to be acting. I sort of got, got the bug. Yeah, but where the concept? Yeah, but anyway. the concept changed everything. I, I, and I had long, long hair. I looked like a brunette carrot top. Like, I thought if I grew my hair and I didn't get a haircut, I would look like I've Lars seen, Urich from Metallica. I've seen pictures. Wow. Second Metallica reference. Yeah. I've seen pictures of you on your Facebook page as a younger man. I, I can picture it. It was bad. Uh, okay. So I was riding around on a bicycle, and then he would, like, be asking these general questions, and then he'd, like, sort of notice me, right? That I was, like, the kid who wasn't saying anything. Uh-huh. And, like, point me out What's with and ask me questions. Yeah. I was originally the Ouija board oh, kid. Oh, you were going to be the Ouija board kid. I was going to be the Ouija board kid. So the following scene in the film is they go to the house. There's this one kid. Yeah, I, I can't look up who it is. Yeah. But some kid. Uh, and But I mean, like, 
I just can't get past the premise that these kids somehow know about this. Yeah, everyone. So right. he brings out a Ouija board. Yes. And they ask the Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That, that, the bottle just moved. That Snapple bottle is what? as if possessed. What? Moved, no, yeah, they ask the Ouija board. If the spirit world has been in contact with That's someone called- such a great called, podcast. That's like a visual gag. Yeah. Uh, also, you know what else is great? Us doing this thing about a thing no one has ever watched or ever will yep. watch. No. I will say my friend Matt Singer, who I don't think listens to this podcast, but a he's- Of Film a, Spotting SVU? Uh, yes, of Film Spotting yep. SVU, a great podcast. And he works for uh, Screen uh, Crush. I always confuse Screen Crush and Screen Rant, even though one is good and one is terrible. Yeah. Rant-worthy. He reviewed this film for IFC.com. Well, I've read that piece. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, yes, in a sort of, you know, retrospective, isn't yeah. this crazy thing? So he's seen it. I don't know if anyone else in the world has seen it. I don't know if anyone else has seen it. Seen it. But, I mean, um, once again, it was my first acting job, and I had not seen it until yeah, 12 hours ago. Uh, they go, and they ask the Ouija board, uh, has anyone in the, does anyone in this spirit world commune with, like, someone called Knight? No reaction. Yeah. The kid's like, well, ask his real name, you know? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, his real name, Minaj. Okay. Tries that. Boom. Okay, so when I shot the scene. Oh, so you shot the Ouija board scene. I shot it. <laughs> I didn't know that was. Okay, okay, cool. I this shot. So, so they, you did a bad job and they recast you. I think so. Did you shoot the chat room shit? No. Okay. So here's the other so thing. So maybe they just wanted to add the chat room stuff because that's so great. Yeah. So wait, so how did they shoot the Ouija board okay, scene? Okay, so this is. Was there a magnet? This is the insight I can give you here, okay? When I shot the scene, we go down to the basement, we were doing the Ouija board, and then we just fucking did a Ouija board. Maybe they thought, like, let's spice this up a little bit. I think Jesus. that might have been the reason this for reshoots. This is already the most boring thing that ever happened. Right, because what happens here is they have, like, a fucking <laughs> magnet under the table. Yeah, and it, like, it genuinely moves They uh, lift of their hands off. Yeah. Like, then, their hands are up over their heads, and the thing moves. Like, and then after, didn't you guys uh, shoot, like, something where you did light as a feather, stiff as a board? <laughs> <laughs> Benny! That's killing it today. Benny's hey. kicking ass. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so then the kid shows him a website. He's like, where do you know about this? Oh, stuff? my God. So, I mean, and this is, who doesn't enjoy an early aughts film's complete misunderstanding of how the internet works? Okay, so here's <laughs> great. Here's the structure of this website. You have to take a quiz about M. Night. There Multiple are very choice. obvious answers. It's basically like, is he from Philadelphia? Yes, no. Like, things yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> What's his favorite number? I, yeah. You know, and it's like six because yeah. of the sixth sense. Yeah. Oh my god! Um, oh my god! So Nathaniel Khan aces this quiz, right? Yeah, he he kicks ass. He gets one wrong, and the kid helps him on one question. I can't remember what it is. Okay, so once he gets, he finishes the quiz, and then you're in the M night, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, that that was that was true to life. Yeah, that's, that right. is what websites were like in right. 2003. But that's not that's not main landing page, right? No, that's no. first you go straight to the quiz, <laughs> and if you ace the quiz, you get a flash intro. You can't skip the flash intro, right? And the intro is a you bunch of- You never could skip a flash intro. Of course not. <laughs> it was the whole thing. And then you take another but, quiz but and find out say... which Dave Matthews band song you are. <laughs> I just want to- Oh, boy. The flash intro is a bunch of still images of M. Night Shyamalan that are just sort of like sliding over yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. And then the website then is now, just a chat room. Yeah, there may be other verticals in this website, but we Do, don't see them. Look we just like see a, a site called Chat. Yeah, only ever two people in the chat room. One yeah. is uh, the director uh, Nathaniel Khan. I forgot yeah. his name, and yeah. I had to look again. Yeah. And the other is someone with a, a name and then a number corresponding to how deep their knowledge of M Night goes. Right. So From one to five. Nathaniel Khan gets <laughs> guys. This is the movie. It was three hours long. It aired on the Sci Fi <laughs> Channel. Three hours with ads. It's two hours and ten minutes without ads. 
and I had to watch this last I night. I want to investigate the logic of this chat room thing for like 45 minutes here, okay? <laughs> it's bonkers. Does it change your name automatically? Do you take a better quiz? It's like he passes that quiz, he gets a one, right? Yeah, so do you do you get a then different like, quiz a every quiz, time? Maybe. Oh, I thought it was like 10,000 hours kind of thing. Like the more maybe time that, you maybe log Maybe it's a Malcolm in. Gladwell thing. That's perfectly fair. <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell was the mod in the chat. They made that <laughs> yeah, clear. They, yeah. they made that very clear. Yeah, he was the know. mod. But can I just identify a moment here I love? Nathaniel Khan goes, what's the deal with all the numbers? As if the idea of people having numbers in their usernames is so foreign that it needs to be called out. <laughs> like everyone has one single digit yeah. number between one and five at mm-hmm. the end of their username. And he's like, oh, you don't know? And then it's like, yeah, the numbers are relational. How deep you go, how much you know about M9. The first time he's on this chat room, guys, this movie. It also sounds like Scientology levels. Like it's like I, the level seven. I know seven, you guys like think the, we're going, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. You think we're going to just talk about this movie for so long, but really like. There's like three things that happen that are funny, and then that's kind of it. Yeah. It's like one, like one idea, and then they just kind of spin their wheels. Well, for the like last sixty percent of the movie is the filmmaker deciding whether or not to release the film. Yeah, and whether or not to like ask Knight one last question, like whether or not he should show this footage to anyone. Okay, so he talks to an, a five, a level five on this chat room. Yeah, and this guy can sense what he's wearing. Yeah, where he is. Yeah, it's intense stuff. Okay, so Khan is going deep, right? Yeah. He's fallen down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. He's back in his hotel room with his crew. This is this is the one. I mean, I what can you say about this scene? It's like cinema, right? You yeah. know, you've got like Murnau, you've got Griffith, you've got the studio era. You know, you've got the French New Wave. You've got it all. And then <laughs> the, the, Javier, the pizza delivery guy, shows up in this movie. And cinema closes the book and starts a new one because he says, "Oh, and I also know tech stuff." And the idea, the idea, it is outrageous. He has two pizza boxes under his arm. This is obviously a guy. They were just like they handed him two empty boxes, and they were like, ah, "You're a pizza guy." Yeah. And he's like, "Can I use my name?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure." He's like, "Great, I'm here the pizza guy." Like, oh, but you need to know how to use a chat room. Yeah. And action. And the idea, I guess, is that Javier will be able to figure out how they were able to know what (laughs) Nathaniel Khan was wearing. He then goes on the chat room and asks what someone's wearing, and the guy's like, this is not that kind of site, buddy. You know, it's like a sex joke. Yeah, they neg him. Anyway, I I don't, there's nothing to say about this scene. Can I say something else? Yeah. So there are. Or this movie. Yeah. There are moments in this film. Where you are clearly watching interviews with people off the street who don't know that they're in a fictional documentary. Yeah, and I think they're just being asked. Hold on a second. Did you order a pizza, David? Oh, hey, who's this? Oh, hey. What's up, man? (laughs) You you guys got a pizza? Yeah, I can't hear you. You're not on mic. What's going on? Uh, hey, Wait, are those two pizza are boxes guys, under your arm? What are you guys making, a radio show? <laughs> We're doing a, a podcast. You wouldn't know anything about that, right? No, I don't know anything about podcasts. Oh, really? <laughs> I thought maybe... That's not going with the bit. I thought maybe you'd do some podcasts on the side. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, podcasts. <laughs> no one gets this. No one saw this stupid movie. Uh, so I just oh. let's just wrap... I'm just going to wrap up the main point of this. I don't want to drag it out like this thing does. Okay, yeah. And I want to say, so it's clear that this this thing wants to, to include all three major Shyamalan movies as part of some sort of interconnected mythology behind yeah. the director. Oh, I just want to say this before before we get into this. This was the Javier point, right? 
is that like Javier, like there are points in the film where he's like walking around the streets of Philadelphia and like asking people on the street. Like, oh, right. Where they're, you know yeah, about yeah, they're doing like a uh, Vox Pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And you like sense like, oh, right. This is what like a real documentary looks like. Sure. This yeah. is how like hey, real like people night? talk when yeah. they're not acting. And then Javier comes in and he's like out of like a fucking like mama's family episode. <laughs> you know? It's true. Like yeah, Javier's like, oh yeah, he's a good, uh, he makes movies, so they're in Philadelphia, I guess. You know, like they have nothing to say. Like on one hand, the performances are, are not even like really anywhere within the realm of realism. No. Like they're so heightened. The fact that they actually thought they would be able to televise this and have people believe that it was a real thing. Two is the structure of the film, how it's shot, which things are on camera. I mean, we no, talked about this. Every room is like lit for cinema. It makes yeah. no sense at all. Oh, wait, wait, the pizza guy's coming. The pizza guy's coming. Put the cameras on. It's and and also, have you? Is that a camera? Are you guys making a movie? Have you ever seen a documentary that is more than half a, about about the making of the documentary? No, no, no. Beyond that, more than half about whether or not anyone will ever see the documentary. <laughs> like the filmmakers. Watching the scenes they just shot and being like, I don't know, should we show this to people? The documentary should begin with this. Yeah. M. Night Shyamalan, you've heard of him, director, right? One minute montage of yeah. M. Night Shyamalan's work. Right. When he was 10 years old, he fell into a fucking ice pond and was dead for 35 minutes and then they revived him. And that gave him the ability to commune with the dead. Here, we're going to lay out why, why this is true. Right. It should have been like. Instead, the movie has this like pure narrative where it's like they discover this very slowly over the course of three hours. You're saying the more interesting version of this, if you were going to make this This wrong headed. This documentary making a very specific and very, you know, inflammatory argument about somebody. Like, you would probably lead with that and then try to back up your evidence. So, like, do it as loose change. Do it as loose change, man. Loose change. Right? That's what you have to do. It has to be like a conspiracy theory documentary. Right. Right. Exactly. And, like, just, yeah, whatever. Instead, right. it's basically Nathaniel Kahn. Watching him trying Nathaniel to solve Kahn, the mystery. who has been paid to, like, make a shill-like documentary, right. stumbles very slowly into, after talking to some teenagers and going on a chat room, into yeah. this mysterious myth about M. Night, which is that he died for 35 minutes uh, when he was 10 years old. But look at the films, David. Look at the past films. Well, and even his childhood films. to make films. connections. His yeah. childhood films. There's a part of the film where he goes to M. Night's like, childhood neighborhood, right? Yeah. And he's yeah, like, sure. did M. Night used to live here? And they're like, I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. like everyone's in on people, it. It's a conspiracy. Some people Everyone are like, knows. no, I can't talk to you about that. And they like turn pale and they like won't talk anymore. Right. Other people are like, well, let me tell you something about him. He fell into an ice pond for 35 minutes. You know, like, it's like we... and. All right, there's so much to say. But there's first, an old lady who's like, oh, I remember I'm 90. I to have make his films. movies. It's like, what? It's like, yeah, I have like 20 VHS tapes. <laughs> what was so your relation ridiculous. to him? Sometimes he, he made films in my... Kid. Yeah. <laughs> One time he filmed in my front yard as a location. And she watches them. She breaks them down. She's like, look at that. The use of light there. You can see the characters starting a new chapter. Like there is a point where she says like yeah, the no, light I comes know, in know, and now I everything's know. changed. I know. And like they're authorized, every every interview has authorized or not authorized yeah. underneath it in a subtitle. Some of the authorized people basically say like, yeah, I mean, he was a nice, normal kid. And he made movies. And then, oh, I guess I shouldn't talk about this. As if they're just realizing yes. that, like, even though M. Night apparently authorized them to speak to them. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Here's another thing Guys, that happens. At I least- know you haven't seen this movie and I'm sorry I'm nitpicking at it. Here's another thing that happens at least three times in the movie. What? People reference... How handsome M. Night Shyamalan is. Oh, now, I, he's kind of handsome. He's not a bad looking he's guy. He's a decent looking guy. Okay. But, but they do talk about it a lot. So they go to a, a childhood handsome teacher. boy. Yeah. Right? And they go like, I remember him so vividly. He was so smart. He had stunning eyes. 
like so she like hits on like his eyes were just so beautiful, right? There's another point where they say like he was such a handsome man. There's a point where they talk to a fake childhood friend of his, and they're like, "So what's M Night to you?" And it's like, "What's M Night to me?" <laughs> when I think of M Night, I think about the guy who always stole my girlfriends. Yeah. And I was like, really? And it's like, uh, no, I mean, just, just, <laughs> just one. Just one. But they like keep on hitting this point and that M-Night's like this out, lady that was killer. McPherson. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they keep talking about how he's a lady killer. <laughs> they keep on talking about how he's just a fucking handsome, dashing guy who women are so innately attracted to, right? And how he always had this thing. Now, they go to the teacher, and they're like, uh, you know, he was very smart, stunning eyes. He had a yeah, great dick. Teacher, he was beautiful. <laughs> And it's Catholic school. That is accurate. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's his guy, but like, he's at least a nun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's like, do you socialize with other people? And it's like, well, there was one boy he was very interested in. Mm-hmm. He used to draw him a lot. His name was Henry. Right. And now it's immediately obvious to everyone but filmmaker Nathaniel Kahn <laughs> that she is talking about an imaginary friend. And then she digs up a picture of a boy... In period clothing. She has kept a drawing. He goes, she goes, do you want to see it? this drawing. It's a fucked up drawing. It's the funniest <laughs> drawing I've ever seen. It's a boy in period clothing. He's got like little suspenders. Yeah. Who's, one of his eyes looks like it's been punched repeatedly or something. Like it's looking in the wrong direction because it's a corpse. He's got it's a, a Marty Feldman boy. eye. But when I straight forward. He's got a Marty Feldman eye. That's exactly right. And the right. other eyes like He's drooping. Like, yeah. like, yeah. And looking in the wrong direction. Yeah. Now, so the, the basically the theory of this movie is one, the sixth sense. M. Night can see the debt, yeah, right? Right. Two, unbreakable. He got this power when he drowned, like, you know, like <laughs> through water. And yeah. three, signs. He lived at the signs house when <laughs> this happened. The signs one is the toughest one to connect because it's about aliens. Oh, I should say there's a scene where Nathaniel Khan just watches the movie Signs yeah. and says how good it is. <laughs> He's like, this is great. You don't see the alien for like an hour. Like, like, that's filmmaking. That's really good filmmaking. So it's like one talks to the dead. That's the real thing. That's the Sixth Sense. And the poster of this movie looked like the Sixth Sense, except Very it was coming out of the thing. And instead of a six, I believe it's an S yeah. uh, shape in the yeah. background. Yeah. Because it's yeah. a secret. And then Unbreakable is just the water thing. Unbreakable. Unbreakable, you're gonna, yeah, you yeah. got that right. Drop it in. You're gonna drop it in? Yeah. Unbreakable. Uh, it's back on April 13th. Hey, now. Great show. I've been watching it. Uh, season two, it's still good. Um, so he fell in the water, but for yeah. 35 minutes, and we talked to a doctor who says that that is possible because hypothermia preserves the body. Or yeah. Uh, but he was dead. Right. And then signs, yeah, it was the signs house. And there's one point where he's like reviewing all the footage from all the films and trying to connect the dots, and yeah. they go like, they, play they show the, a lot of clips from the film. So they play the Sixth Sense, Haley Joel Osment talking about seeing dead people. And thing. he like goes to the Sixth Sense church at one point. Right. Yeah. yeah. Then they play the clip from Unbreakable of uh, Bruce Willis falling into the tarp. With the voiceover of, of the, the woman lady explaining, being like, oh, that yeah. he was dead in the water. You right. Know, yeah. And then I'm like, what clip are they going to play from Signs? What clip <laughs> will sum it up so quickly that you can get it in shorthand? And the clip they show is Joaquin Phoenix knocking over a glass of water with his baseball bat. <laughs> They just have him go, water, it hurts them. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, and then there's this ultimate, I think it's the movie considers it a twist that, like, the signs house is real and M. Night went, like, he grew up there. Yeah. And there's a crow living in it. Yeah, oh, that's another yeah, thing. Yeah, he can summon crows with his, like, mind powers, maybe? So for an unauthorized documentary, M. Night does a <laughs> bunch of interviews. Yeah, okay, so this is the thing. That's the main dramatic conflict of the movie the is, can thing we get an, is, M-, can they an get M. Night him? interview? They, they only get him four times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
So he meets with him on camera, but they don't do an but interview. But David, yeah. he just wants to hang out. Well, this is the okay, thing. He wants oh, to go this out is the, the crucial town. sequence of Have the a cheesesteak. So the, the first interview <laughs> is not an interview. They just meet briefly. They yeah. shake hands. The second interview is supposed to be like a regular interview. They talks about a Sanskrit necklace. Yeah. And then uh, Khan asks some question. Khan asks some question <laughs> about like, oh, this, the, other, the spirit world. <laughs> And M. Night gets like really agitated and shuts off the interview. Yeah. Right? The third interview. And, and the PR woman chews Yeah, him it's like, out. how could you, what are you asking about that? Yeah. I don't understand what he's supposed to be asking them about. Yeah. Anyway, the third thing is they do go out for a night on the town in Philly. Mm-hmm. They get a cheesesteak and then they play some pool. Yeah. And some people want to take pictures with M. Night. He, oh, people are always stopping M. Night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Always so handsome. want a picture, so handsome, want a little autograph. And they're talking about, too, like, they're, like, hanging out in the back of this car. They're going around to M. Night's, like, favorite haunts. But the whole crew is there. And it keeps on going, like, see, this is what I want, man. You know, just, like, hanging out like this. And sure. Theo Khan's like, yeah, I love it. And every once in a while, Theo Khan will be like, so, in six sense. And he's like, man. I start, thought we were just hanging out. Starting to sound like an interview. It's like, you thought they were just hanging out? The fucking crew's there. He brought he brought a camera crew. They mic'd you up. You got a love. What are you talking now, about? I don't understand the purpose of this sequence at all. It's quite a long sequence in the film. It's like 15 minutes long. It almost feels because like it M. Night- makes him look like a pretty nice normal guy who is not hiding anything at all. Okay, so I think that was the point of the sequence in the film. Okay, okay. I think M. Night wanted to M. convince like, people. I want to just be like a creep. Yeah. I think M. Night wanted to convince people that he was a fun hang. I think that's why this exists in the movie, is he was just like, I, I mean, I want people to still hang out with me. I, I want to cultivate this, like, mythology and this creepy thing, but I also want people to know I'm just like, you know, I eat Philly cheesesteak just like everyone else. I just hold the onions. I would, too, by Which the way. Which is, that's insane. David, that's insane. Holding the onions? Yeah. I don't, like, I like onions, but I don't need that many onions. It makes I, a Philly cheesesteak. I'm not a huge fan of a Philly cheesesteak. I'm going to be, I'm going to level with everyone on this podcast. Okay. Yeah, I Let's feel that out. Yeah, or... let's cut that out. That's okay. inflammatory. I think it's okay. I yeah. just, I don't know. Wow. It, well, I think it's uh, one of the best. Love a good cheesesteak. So good. I'm a regular M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> um, so he's like a fun hang. They do this one interview out in the woods where a crow just appears and lands on the branch behind them while they're talking. And then later when they review the footage, they realize there's also a different crow behind Nathaniel Kahn. Uh-huh. <coughs> when they go to the house... Crows like fly out of the one crow. One crow flies out of one room. Very dramatically. Well, for this movie, very dramatically. For another movie, barely dramatically. And then when they review the footage, they realize they see Henry's ghost in the mirror yes, behind in that scene. Yeah. The crow. Very obvious, like a full resolution like image, not in a shadowy thing at all. Um, Henry so- is the the Victorian ghost boy who was ghost murdered in in the ghost pass in the ghost pond that M Night Shyamalan later fell in to rescue a deer from. By the way, M Night Shyamalan, friend to deers, yeah. uh, friend to deer, sorry, friend to deer. Uh, he was trying to rescue a deer as a child. Yeah, fell in an ice pond. Ghosts, ghost, ghost. Henry it communes with the ghost. This movie is fucking stupid. And so then it's got that. And there's like two more interviews with M Night. And I guess the last one is like where they where the guy's just like. So you fell in a ghost pond. Ghost? You talked to ghosts? Yeah. And then it's like, nah, man, I don't know. I gotta go. Like, you know, and then that's it. And then it's an hour of him trying to decide whether or not to release the damn thing. We left out the most important part oh, of the movie. No, we're getting to that. Yeah. We're getting to the most important part. Don't you worry. Okay, good. I just, that's the kicker. Yes. Sure. That's so, the but kicker. should we get to, well, oh, so first we should say. The, f- the film ends with him signing a contract with Sci-Fi Channel to air the film as right. is. Yeah. Them discussing whether or not they'll have any legal repercussions. Yeah. And watching him in the editing room going like, I think I need to show this to people. People need to know. 
And then the last six minutes of the film are largely, it feels like, real on-the-street interviews with people about their paranormal experiences. Totally wedged in nonsense. Right. And the idea, they like just show them and being like, I know what I saw. I know it's real. And Nathaniel Kahn's getting at this idea that like he needs to release this film not to like like muddy up M. Night's name, but so that other people out there know that they're not alone, that they're not crazy, that these things have happened even to Academy Award nominee M. Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. And that's how the film ends, is just on these interviews with other people. Yeah, it's stupid. But there's a couple other things I want to mention before we get to the main thing. Yeah. Because that part's stupid. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, dumb. Yeah. Mad yeah. dumb. Bad. Okay, so and also, the character I was supposed to play appears like six more times. He goes to him for like follow up. They interviews. keep going back to the chat room. Yeah. <laughs> and he keeps so on like going to meet him outside of school and ask him like more questions. Yeah, they, like, he yeah. should be arrested, yeah. Nathaniel Kahn, for his yeah. behavior in this film. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Cause he also, oh, also, there's this thing they never resolve where there are two black limousines. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh my God, we have to talk about this scene. That just sort of hover. Outside like, the set, outside of, the the set village. of the village. And when he tries to approach one, they drive away. They have no license plates, front or back plates. And he's like looking there. They're parked there all the time. The second he like cups his hands, the, he says the mirrors are totally smoked. Mm-hmm. The windows are totally smoked, right? And he like cups his hands to try to look through the window. And the second he like touches the window, it, it peels out. Right. It's a ghost. Yeah, it's stupid. Um, but anyway, so he interviews Adrian Brody. Okay, star of The Village. Yeah, and and Adrian Brody doesn't have anything to say. We'll get back to him, because obviously the Adrian Brody interviews uses a button for the other thing in this movie. Right. But I was just annoyed because they also talk about how they're going to interview Joaquin Phoenix, William Hurt, yeah. and Sigourney Weaver. And I was like, hey, they got Brody, and they got a certain other person in this movie who's in this movie unbelievably. Yeah. You know, why can't they get these guys? They're on the fucking set of The Village. They don't even get them. David, it's a close set, okay? It's really annoying. I wanted at least to have to watch Joaquin Phoenix debase himself <laughs> in this movie. So, okay, I want to talk about how to set up this thing. Because the way they get to the crazy appearance in this film, okay? <clears throat> they go to the childhood friend who complains about M. Night stealing all the girls, right? Yeah. And Nathaniel Kahn asked this question that no one would ever ask, where he's like, you know, working with actors, you know, he works with Bruce Willis on The Sixth Sense, and that's a big breakout, and then he works with him again on Unbreakable, and then they don't work together again. Is there a story there? Yeah, he basically is like, what happened with Bruce Willis? And he's like, you know, I think they were close on The Sixth Sense, and then I think Unbreakable, I think. The film does not resolve whether or not M. Night Shyamalan scared Bruce Willis with the spooky ghost powers. But they sort of imply that. They're like, they do. And then they I sort think, of imply it. Right. They also sort of imply that maybe Mel Gibson has entered his spooky ghost realm, but then they don't follow that up. Right, and they're like, I think, Cause it's, I shouldn't talk about this. I shouldn't talk about But this. you find out that he met with another actor for science well, he before said, Mel Gibson. He said, well, yeah, oh, so what he says- well, this is. may have been made after Mel Gibson had his sugar tits freak out or whatever his other, you know, his Passion of the Christ freak I out. Before. It doesn't, I think anyway, it was before. Mel Gibson's not in this movie. Right. No, I, I realize this is the stream of what he does. He goes, Bruce Willis. This is what he was. He went, Bruce Willis. He does Sixth Sense. Then he does Unbreakable. He's not in Signs. Sure. Why did that relationship end? To sort of imply that something bad happened. And he goes, was Bruce Willis ever planned to be the lead in Signs? And he goes, I don't think Bruce Willis was, but there was another actor. And he goes, another actor? Who was it? He goes, I don't. You, I mean, you, oh, he says, but you know about the other actor. 
He says it offhand. He goes, right. but you know about the other actor yeah. before Mel. Right. And he goes, what other actor? He goes, this is, as far as I know, completely made up. Oh, completely yeah. made up. And he's like, oh, I thought you knew. And he's like, no. And he's like, I, I shouldn't talk about this. I shouldn't talk about this. And then turns around and gets on a train. This whole interview is happening. <laughs> I forgot about that. He literally runs onto a train that then leaves the station. This interview is just happening at a train platform. I believe it's at the Unbreakable station. Yes. Yeah, yeah Broad Street. Unbreakable. Uh, <laughs> got it. Right. Poor Ben has to note the time every time. Unstoppable. <laughs> um, but yes, he, they've just been having this calm, casual interview at yeah, train. Yeah, he gets on a train. Right at the point where he gets to the Uncomfortable Griffin, Party who interview. who was the other actor? Well, he goes into the chat room and he goes, hey. Little M night. The best thing is he has to go back to the fucking kids' basement over and over yeah. again. Anyway, he goes little M night quiz for everyone. So he's like, I'm gonna figure out the answer to this question. I don't know the answer to by posing it as a question to these other kids. Like they have to impress me because at this point Nathaniel Khan has risen to a two. Yeah, no, yeah, he becomes a two. I don't think he ever hits three. I don't think so. Either. I think he sticks with two. But he hits a two on the board, right? And he's like, quick. Signs trivia time. Or a quick uh, M. Night trivia time. They're like, okay, give us what you got. And he's like, did you know that there was another actor in talks? Att- or he says attached mm-hmm. to do signs before Mel. And the guy goes like, oh, yeah, of course. He's like, okay, who? And then there's a whole rigmarole about like, you need to tell me something. Where's the village set? Like there's a whole back and right. forth. He exchanges Doesn't information. Matter, you know, who gives a shit? And then he says the name. Can we say it in unison? One, two, Three, Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp. And this is in 2003. This is Pirates of the Caribbean right just came after. out. I mean, the movie came out a year later, you know, but this is. No, but no, Johnny but Depp can... is hot shit. But David, I worked on this film and I can attest that this film was shooting in October of 2003. Yeah, right. So it was Which, right after. This was four the months. Smash hit success. Yeah. Did you know he was going to be in the movie? Absolutely not. They didn't say to you, like, oh, and this is a Depp picture. Absolutely not. Uh, Johnny Depp. Uh, Nathaniel Khan finds out it's Johnny Depp, and yeah. the next thing you see is him overlooking the Philadelphia skyline from his hotel room mm-hmm. on the phone with his aunt. Yeah. Right? So. Or his mom. I his mom. I don't fucking He's know. calling his mom, and he goes, hey, mom, uh, you know that friend of yours who you went to elementary school with who you said then became Johnny Depp's aunt? Do you have her number? That's like the actual line of dialogue. And then it cuts to Nathaniel Khan meeting Johnny Depp at the Chateau Marmont. And Johnny Depp is in this movie for like six minutes. Um, And I would say gives a pretty terrific performance. I think so too. Uh, This is actually a good Johnny Depp performance. He's He's acting like a regular person. He's the only person who feels like a real person in the movie. It's easily better than like most of the performances he's given in the last five or so years. Agreed. And he actually- Everything post-Sweeney Todd, basically. He's the only person who feels like he's not acting. Yeah, I in the agree. whole film. He's ironic. very natural. Very natural. He's he's totally nailing the whole thing of like, huh, you know, I know I'm very famous and this is like a very nice place that I'm in, but like I'm just a guy and like oh, you that's know, a great I moment where Nathaniel Khan's like, sense. Yeah, 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 you know, but, when he's like, I've got like beer and sandwiches. Yeah, and but stuff. when Nathaniel Khan's like, This is a great place you have here, and he's like, Well, yeah, I mean it's not mine. And, you know, yeah, like he's yeah, like a right. little uncomfortable with how nice it is. Um But he says to him, like, what was the experience like? And he's like, Well, we met a few times and uh was weird. The first time was fine, and the second time it felt like he was trying to like. Yeah, the, the whole thing is like you've got Depp. Yeah, you. I don't know how this happened. I can't even begin to understand I, I it. I'd love even. so. Does Nathaniel Khan know Depp? Does M Night know Depp? Never made a movie with him. That's None of it makes any sense. Yeah. You've got Depp, and then you don't even really use it for much of anything. He just kind of suggests that M Night was weird. 
Well, okay. And so- then he says, like, he was made to learn these parroted sort of quotes about secrets, about like, oh, you know. Yeah, George this? Bernard Shard quote, which he couldn't remember. And then the other one is, like, I think. It stuck se- out because it was so goofy. Yeah, he goes, like, I, secrets are interesting because you don't know whether or not they're real or not, don't you think? And he goes, and I remembered the, the question at the that end. one because of the question at yeah. the end. Um, but but what Johnny the, Depp. The reality of this film. <laughs> and like I know we all bag, rag on him now, but he was such a fucking huge. That deal. was his peak. Such a huge deal. That was at the his time. peak moment. Secret Window like made eighty million yeah. at the box office. Yeah. Even though it was the worst movie ever made. Right. Just because he was in it, you know, anything he was in was the hottest shit. This was Johnny Depp had just been nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. For Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. Which was one of the highest grossing films of all time. Absolutely. Like he could not have been at a better point because he was like. It was his first Oscar nomination for his first it big was his commercial big comeback. You it know, was everything. Yeah, yeah. It was everything. He was on the very top of the world, right? Um, and he decides to appear in The Buried Secret of M. Night Shyamalan. And this film implies that Johnny Depp, at this peak moment, right? I guess signs had been a little bit earlier, but he was still a big star, right? Yeah. That, uh, that he had maybe, you which, know. Which, by the way, he would have been terrible in that role. Uh, yeah. It's a horrible yeah. casting idea for him to play the Mel Gibson role in Signs. But uh, the film implies that he had two meetings, exploratory meetings with M. Night Shyamalan about taking the role. And on the second meeting, probably like a coffee meeting or whatever, M. Night was like, hey, I love this talk we're doing about the script. Before we go any further, can I have you memorize three quotes that you can apply when doing press for the film that we haven't even shot yet, that we're still just talking about whether or not you want to be in? At meeting number two, he was like, here's a George Bernard Shaw quote. Oh, you want me to memorize this for the character? No, I want you to memorize this for when you do interviews mm-hmm. two years from now. Anyway, when he goes back and interviews Adrian I don't have Brody, to say about this. Adrian I think Brody, there's also an implication that he tried some weird supernatural shit on Johnny Depp, and that's why Johnny Depp dropped out. Agreed. Like he was like, yes, Henry's here. Yeah. <laughs> but then I love the implication that he then tried that on Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson was like, yeah, <laughs> we're cooking with gas. <laughs> You're crazy. I love it. <laughs> Um, I see ghosts too. When he interviews Adrian Brody, Adrian Brody says the stuff that Johnny Depp said he had been taught to memorize, right? Yeah. They're trying to get Adrian Brody to just talk about the film. And he's like, can you tell us about your character? And he's like, ah, I don't think I can. Which is like, boy, are you going to be disappointed when you hear what his character is? <laughs> <laughs> it's Simple Jack yeah. who stabs people. <laughs> he's like, ah, I don't think I can say anything about my character. He won't even admit that he has long hair. Yeah, I heard he had long hair in it. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, the thing about secrets is, and then he just goes into the quote, and you're like, okay, I get the point they're making. He does this to every actor. Yeah. But instead, the film cuts to Nathaniel Codd in the editing room going, show me that tick. Show me that, that clip again of Johnny Depp. They like Depp. rewind it like six times in case you didn't get it. And they go back and forth between the two. They go to Johnny Depp saying, uh, I don't remember, some George Bernard Shaw quote. And then they go back to Adrian Brody going, uh, you know, I think it says George Bernard Shaw said. And he's like, wait a second, rewind it. Wait, but do these quotes match up or were they two separate George Bernard Shaw They treat quotes? it like the JFK like yeah, assassination. Like back and to the left. <laughs> they go four times, they go back and forth. Fucking so stupid. Ben, how long have we been running for? Over an hour. Okay, okay so we're just going to wrap this shit up. Yeah. Yes. What do we think of M. Night Shyamalan? God, I mean, this was... I mean, look. This he, was a nice insight into his egomania, his perceived egomania, and what, like, you know... Where everything began went to, People began yeah. to really dislike about him, which was that he would take over a movie in a way that, like, the movie didn't need. Well, and there's also... There, there are two uh, moments when he's being interviewed in this film that I think are actually pretty telling, right? And M. Night's not bad in this. Uh, from an acting standpoint... 
he's not bad. He's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, like, whatever. He's fine. He's perfectly personable. I, I maybe, He's a little too, like, cute with the whole, like, I'm a coy creepo, you know, but whatever. he's fine. I agree. But it's, I think it's maybe his third best performance. <laughs> Are we ranking M. Night performances? So, wait, what's the best? The best one, I think, is Lady in the Water. I think I think that is that's, his best performance. That's, that's sort of, I can't award that at any sort of I think, trophy. I mean, Ray Reddy's the worst one, right? Ray Reddy is the most harmful, but I would say Lady in the Water is probably the second most harmful. But I think that's from a character standpoint, I not from a performance standpoint. I understand. Standpoint. I think his best performance is in The Sixth Sense. Oh, he's really good in that. I'd and then his second that. best performance is The Village. <laughs> Okay, can I do definitive ranking? <laughs> no, there's no ranking. This is my ranking. My ranking is Lady in the Water, Sixth Sense, then I'd go The Buried Secret. Sure, then The Village? Then I'd go The Village. What about Unbreakable? That would be next. Uh, Unbreakable. <laughs> ha! Fuck, did it again. Damn it. Then Praying with Anger. Uh, then I thought he was really bad in The Happening. Wh- who's he? Oh, he's the voice the of voice. Joey on the phone. <laughs> uh, just like, did you see 10 Cloverfield Lane? Yeah. Badly Cooper's voice yeah. at the beginning there. Did yeah. you like 10 Cloverfield Lane? Uh, yeah. Let's I, talk about some other movies. Yeah, he, I don't know if you saw my tweet about 10 Cloverfield Lane. I think uh, you did a similar tweet to the tweet I did, which was something like more like 8.5 Cloverfield Lane. That was my Lane exact tweet, yeah. yeah. I think I did something yeah, like that. I think that. it's like a solid 8.5. I liked it a lot. Yeah, that was a good movie. I'm yeah. planning to see it again. Uh, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I just saw The Jungle Book, which we were talking about off mic. Boy, I'm so excited for that movie. Yeah, it's it's okay. It's pretty, I would say it's easily the best Jean Favreau movie that was made with a big budget since Iron Man. But can Which we is say about the worst compliment you can give? A can movie. we say that I've been amped for this movie for yeah. like five it's, months? It's your kind of movie. That when I saw the trailer, when we went to see, uh, not Phantom Mass, <laughs> we went to see um, uh, Force Awakens together. Yeah, and the trailer came up. I was like, I think that looks great, and you were like, I can't believe you think this looks good. I it know. looks like garbage. I was just well. The whole animals talking biz is just hard to pull off, but, but they pull it off. You're telling me that, was, good. that I was right. I have some questions. You're telling me that I was right. Do you right. know any? Yeah, you're telling right. me that you're I was right. right. You're absolutely. I mean, unbreakable. I, <laughs> it was. I mean, to me, it's like a three star movie. Damn. But that's better than I thought it was going to be. Three out of four or five. Five. I'm not Roger Ebert. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you liked that, didn't you? <laughs> it was good. Um, but. Did they? Because you probably know more than me. Was the kid acting against anything? Were there with the uh, were there people doing motion capture? Was like Bill Murray on set or not, whoever? Not the voice actors, but I believe They're there were people randos. doing. Yeah, because I mean the kid's bad, but he's yeah. kind of cute. But I mean he's like objectively, it's a quite bad performance. But that's like an impossible task. I, it's impossible. You'd have to find a it's wonder. It's amazing thing. he reads yeah. a line at all. You would need to find Haley Joel Osment. I mean, like, he's you got need the look. Find... The kid's got the look. Yeah, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, also, it has a different ending, and I was sort of intrigued by that. And oh, interesting. And I haven't read Rudyard Kipling's Jungle Book, you know, books. Neither have I. So I don't know if it was more like tapping into that, or I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. But um, it's generally pretty good. It's generally pretty good. It's not. It hasn't stuck with me at all. I'm so excited to but, see it. I'm you know, probably gonna fucking I had love a, it. I had a decent time with it. I'm gonna love it. Favreau's a good director yeah, of like action. Him. You know. Yeah. Uh, can we? Uh, Although he made two awful movies, so you know. But then Chef's good. Which of the two you'd say are awful? Iron Man 2 and uh, Cowboys and Aliens. Oh, yes. Yes. Good. You forgot Cowboys and Aliens existed, didn't you? Yes. And I want, to make, sure, I want to make sure you weren't saying Zathura is awful. No, Zathura is terrific. I yeah. mean, Elf, Zathura, Iron Man is a very nice run of like very winning movie. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Love Favreau. Made is not great. Agreed. Yeah. Although uh, Diddy was great on Gethard. Yes. That was wonderful. Uh, here's some more Diddy M- is in Made. Here's some more M. Night stuff I want to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, go back yeah. to M. Night. Um... There's two interviews in this film that I think are very telling, right? Yeah. 
one of them he goes, I feel like I can't just make a movie now. I feel like every movie I make has to be something more. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I make a movie that's, that's just a movie. That's the complex he got wrapped up in there. Right. Right there. But he's playing that as the character, but you're like, that, that's that real. line of dialogue explains why this documentary, this quote unquote, documentary, exists. The village, Lady in the Water, and probably to some extent The Happening. Yeah. Then I think he finally is disabused of that notion. Yes. But that, it, like there needs to be this big M. Night mystique around everything he does. I, I think he felt hoisted by his own petard. He absolutely That the reputation had become so big that I mean, he had to, yeah. Think about it. He makes two movies that are not along these lines at all. Yeah. And then he gets so locked in by The Sixth Sense right. that he makes a documentary in the style of The Sixth, you know, like practically tapping into like the thriller mood. Which, by the way, conveniently ignores the other two fucking movies. They do say made. that The Village is his sixth movie. It's then, the one acknowledgement yeah. of Praying with Anger and yeah. Wide Awake. But it's like- if Oh, and was- there is that scene where it turns out that Henry is the lead actor in Wide Awake. Yeah. That's not true, guys. I, I wish. <laughs> he, he's asleep. I'm so glad to be rid of this bit. Yeah, yeah man, this a, is yeah. a bad one. He's this asleep. like a actively fan. brings two of our episodes to a halt when he does it. <laughs> because the guest doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. He's because sleeping. again, you don't need to watch either of the movies. And you don't need to watch Wide Awake. No. <laughs> it's also like Griffin does a lot of annoying like voices and sounds, but this is. <laughs> hey, what do you think of Rogue One? People were uh, tweeting at me saying oh, yeah. we got to talk Rogue One. Uh, uh, one of our uh, our uh, fans on Twitter has said that he wants us to do a full 10-episode miniseries on the Rogue One trailer. Yeah, I think that might be uh, stretching it. It's a yeah. minute long. Yeah, I thought it was uh, good. Uh, I thought it was great. I was very hyped about it. I just, uh, I, I, I wasn't like blown away by it, but I liked everything I saw. It's, it's just still early. I, I feel like I still haven't gotten a real sense of what the movie is. And this is a big one just because it's setting up the new paradigm where we can have these films that are sort of uh, disconnected from the main storyline. But right. the idea is that they're all going to feed into each other still. And they're a, a little way. nostalgic. You know, they've all yeah. got that. But it was just like the Godzilla trailer, I thought. Just that, you know, like he picks on a really cool noise to like yeah. punctuate the trailer. It's just Good images, great cast. That that line reading Forrest Whitaker has where he's like, what will they do if they break you? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, I like a lot like, of what I'm I'm into it. I am too. I was Ben I, Mendelsohn looks terrific. Oh, looks unbelievable. What a great actor. He's one of our finest We're actors. We're so blessed to have Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> We're so lucky Aren't to have we? him. We are. We uh, are. And I'm he, really high pitched right now. Yeah. Sorry, let me dial it down. Yeah, talk about annoying sounds. Yep, yep. No, no. Oh, Deepak Chopra's in this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's also not bad. He's okay. Um, he's basically just asked to, you know, say some mumbo jumbo. <laughs> about Gus. Read what I about wrote Gus. about myself. Yeah. Uh, there is, what was I going to say? Uh, I I was uh, working uh, shooting something uh, when the uh, Star Wars trailer came out, mm-hmm. and so I like I watched it by myself. Justice League Part One is that what you were shooting? I'm shooting Justice yeah. League Part One. Yeah, uh, they no, recast next week. We're talking Justice about the next. Yeah. Week. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I, uh, I I I was shooting an upcoming series for TBS. I'll yeah, very exciting. Very exciting. Very, not very, very exciting. Very funny. Very Thank oh. you. Characters um, welcome. But uh, <laughs> let's do all the other characters. Yeah. I did. I tried to make that joke. Very funny. It took me six. What was the other one? We know drama. That's TNT. Yeah. Is very funny. Is TBS. Was TBS. Yeah, it is What's TBS. the Bravo? Oh, Watch What Happens was Bravo? Or? Yeah. I feel like there's another Bravo one. And then we started having to do that welcome. live. Yeah. Characters, yeah. Characters Welcome is also TBS? No, Characters Welcome is USA. USA. Absolutely. Yes. Correct. Yes. Yeah. IFC is always on. Always off or something like that. Slightly yeah, off. slightly off. All right, there you go. Um, yeah, always on, always off wouldn't make no sense. I uh, th- this is just the thing I want to say. 
<laughs> we're always on. Right, nope, we're off. Yeah, all right, yeah. I, I was, uh, I watched the trailer. For uh, Rogue One, Star Wars, uh, Rogue One, right. uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. That morning when I woke up, right? Mm. And then I was on set. And when I'm on set, I leave my phone in. off. You're locked in. Away from my person. Yeah, you're really irritating and really hard to communicate with. Yes. To right? set up podcast recordings. Yep. yep. Uh-huh. 100%. Yep. So I was like totally outside of the echo chamber of everyone reacting to the yeah, podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. To the, to the trailer, rather. And there was a kid on set. The, the child of uh, one of the producers on the show was on set, and he uh-huh. was like six, and he was wearing a Star Wars t-shirt. Oh. And I was like, I want to talk to this kid about the trailer, because I haven't been able to talk yeah. to anyone about the trailer. And I was like, what do you think of the trailer? And he was like, I don't know what you're talking right, about. Right, he's six years old. So we pulled it up on computer and watched it with him. Yeah. And I will say, I could not explain to him the idea that this was not episode eight. Yeah, I and mean, I I've wonder heard this, if that's going to be a problem. Like, yeah, and and then like a bunch of the adults on set were like, "Wait, they, there's already a sequel," and I was like, "Well, this is like, no, haven't you been following the dev cycle, guys? Like, yeah. this is a different piece, like in the same IP, you know?" Right. Yeah. I don't know. The kid was really thrown off. By so you're it. saying this kid doesn't read Deadline every day? No, he's more of like a, a screen rant guy. <laughs> Oh, God. It's funny. You know, we tried to do another M. Night episode, and we, you know, we talked about him. We did talk about him a and lot. And we did fucking 11 episodes of him, oh, so. Oh, this is the second quote I wanted to say that I thought was telling. Go ahead. We're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. Okay, so there was the thing about it. The movies have to be more than just a movie, right? They do. And then he said, like, I like the idea of the director being part of the story. That's not just the painting, but you're interested in the hand. Yeah, yeah, sure. Right? That right. did the painting. Yeah. And he references Alfred Hitchcock a bunch yeah, of times in the movie. He loves the birds. And he compares himself to Alfred Hitchcock That's in the, the trivia question he gets wrong. Yeah. It's that the birds is the major inspiration, not uh, Psycho or right. Full Circle. Full yeah. Circle. Yeah. Um, but he, he says, like, it, it makes sense suddenly. You go like, oh, this whole M. Night thing was like him trying to possess himself as a figure in his movies sure. like Alfred Hitchcock. Like Hitchcock used to do, yeah. Okay, but let's compare M. Night Shyamalan to Alfred Hitchcock. And I'm not talking about in terms of filmography. Movie by movie. No, right? We're not going to do that. Shadow of a doubt. But I'm saying, in, in this sense, as their role as a hand. <laughs> Dial M for murder. Yeah. Good yeah. movie, good, good movie. movie. Lifeboat. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen Dial M in 3D? I haven't, no. It's so I haven't cool. They do it in of... film form every couple yeah. of years. It's amazing. Um, but uh, let's compare this, right? Alfred Hitchcock appeared in every one of his films. Sure, little cameos, yeah, without, uh, silent without cameos. fucking dialogue. Yeah, no, I know. And I'm not gave himself bigger and bigger dramatic roles. But you know, right? Hitchcock also had Alfred Hitchcock presents. Okay, and he would introduce his trailers and this sort of like I'm Alfred Hitchcock, and the you know the tuba would play. But this is the point I'd like to make. Yeah, M Night equates himself to Alfred Hitchcock, and that he feels the need to make the supplemental material and create this mythology yeah, yeah. around his films so yeah. that he is the larger figure around them. Mm-hmm. Alfred Hitchcock did that in a way. That people believe, like, the, the prevailing theory is the reason Alfred Hitchcock was not taken seriously enough as a filmmaker in his time right. and why he never won an Academy Award was because his public persona was so goofy. Yeah. That he made these movies that were populist yeah. and that people liked a and lot. he made a shit ton of money. And made a shit ton of money, but when he was doing the trailers, it was always like, oh, here's that goofy tub. But, I mean, that's why he was the first famous director. Right, because you know, he was entertaining. Like, no one actually knew, like, what Victor Fleming looked like or what, you know, yeah. like, you know, it's not like someone could, you know, it was John Huston over there. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, he was the first, right, showman director. And Alfred Hitchcock essentially made himself into, like, a Commedia dell'arte character. Yeah, right. You He's know, hilarious like, in It was like, here's trailers. the iconography of what I look the, the like. It's the bits. I'm tuba. just like, yeah. Tuba. Yeah. Unbreakable. Uh, the whole thing was that he I'm was like. I'm not doing that one. He was like David. this. Uh... Put my foot down, all right? It is broken. <laughs> Damn, you did it. Wow, we broke it. Ooh. We broke um, that dumb bit. He did. He was this macabre, like, kind of yeah, like no, jolly man. old British fat man. Yeah. And like, 
he he was poking the air out of the seriousness of his own movies. Yeah. And M. Night was like, what if I make my persona more serious than the films are? Right. It's such a fascinating right. inversion right. no... and a misunderstanding of what Alfred Hitchcock did and why it made people like him and his movies. Yeah, the tongue's not in the cheek. Yes. And this movie is the perfect example, even yes. though he didn't make it. You know, it's the perfect example. That was a that. good point, right? It was, it was worth a great point. putting the train back I on the rails. I hope that everyone's still listening. Yeah, right? I, yeah. <laughs> I knows? really doubt it. <laughs> yeah. But I think let's, you know, let's wrap up M. Night Shyamalan. Any final thoughts, guys? And I also, I do want to set up, I have a challenge for our listeners. Okay, great. So, <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan wrote a book, guys. It's called I Got Schooled. I think we've mentioned it in the past episodes. I believe, maybe briefly. I don't yeah. know about this. Yeah, he wrote a book about the American educational system. Wait, I think what? between- A nonfiction book. Yeah, between uh, Lady in the Water and The Happening. Because he went to a Philly public school, school yeah. and oh, he was appalled by what oh, he see. saw sure, right. in an he English class. He wanted to fix the education system like a lot of rich people get this idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he wrote a book, and uh, I was thinking I was going to maybe read it as, yeah. you know, as my as a, producer, as a, as a you know, uh, yeah, and just thought it would be like, a th- but then I started- Characters welcome? Always fun. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, so anyway- uh, I decided not to do that because that's stupid. Yeah, and, it probably really would be a huge waste of time. And fuck this guy, yeah. and I've already spent way too many hours of my life watching his movies. But mm-hmm. the challenge is to any of the blankies out there, if they want to read it and give us a book report, we will read it on the air. That is correct. Keep it within 200 words. Challenge dropped. Oh, M. Night, it's been fun. And, uh, and, then, and then we're going to move on to, oh, what are we calling it? This was a debate on Twitter. I think we're going to do a Twitter. We've gotten a lot of good suggestions. Mm-hmm. The one I liked the best was uh, the Podchowski casters. Yeah, me, I agree. Me agree. <laughs> yeah, because the best thing is- Me agree, Griffin. If you think we're like stir crazy right now, we're about to record another episode <laughs> right away. This is the first of two today. Um, we were going to go with the Podchowskis, and then someone pointed out that all My of our- My friend Alex Chris pointed out that we always have cast- you know, cast podcast yeah. in yeah. our titles. So I think Podkowski Such as Podcast Shyamacast. Yeah. Whatever the fuck this one's called. I don't know. I'm losing my Pod Night Shyamacast. Right, we gotta wrap this up quick. You guys okay. are falling apart. So. Me agree. Me agree. As always. And? And as always. And as always. Maggie Knight, I know. This has been a UCB Comedy production. Check out our other shows on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network. 